everyone, welcome to another episode of Ron Nick's Rundown. It's just me by myself today, but I do have a guest that is going to, who I think did an incredible job uh, with this interview. It is definitely about this pen, this COVID-19 pandemic right now. Um, John Jones Jr. from Burke out in Maryland. I thought uh, he's definitely a, an associate scientist. He did an amazing job explaining to me, and he'll definitely do a great job explaining to you, you all what is going on with this pandemic, um, how bad it is, um, um, what we can do to prevent and protect ourselves from it, and just other topics about this um, awful virus that we definitely got into. Um, he did an amazing job with it. I definitely thank him and everybody right now who is out there working hard uh, during this um, awful time in this country and pretty much or around the world, rather. Um, I definitely think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, first, you could hear this interview with John Jones Jr. and then uh, some other things that will be on my mind. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is John Jones Jr. All right, one of my next guest is an associate scientist at Merck in Maryland. And, of course, he is a proud Aggie, Mr. John Jones Jr. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, first of all, before I get uh, before we get started, about the most important question, how are you and your loved ones doing during this pandemic? Uh, we're doing great. Taking care of the family. Uh, I'm really the only one that's leaving the house to make sure everybody stays safe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. you got to make sure everybody's good, you know. Calling everybody. I know I'm definitely calling my love, uh, my family members and loved ones. Just making sure that everyone's good, for sure. Um, oh yeah, most definitely. Um, so let me actually let me start with this question. When you see the number of positive cases, deaths, hospitalizations, and those released from the hospital, what comes to your mind? Comes to my mind. Yes. Um, really, I feel like. We are running into a, an issue where we didn't respond fast enough. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, is, is, to be honest, is sadness. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't, have to, we didn't have to get to this point. Right. <laughs> yeah. I definitely agree with you there. I mean, I feel like things could have been prevented. Uh, what exactly do you think could have been, uh, would have helped prevent this uh, pandemic? So I don't know if it could have prevented it completely. Right. definitely feel you because I know uh, I'm pretty much frustrated because everything so much has changed for the last uh, I mean in the span of the last few months it's just absolutely insane with how much things have changed in this country um, but uh, tell us about the uh, coronavirus it put, yeah I mean I know we've people have mentioned over again but those who don't know can you tell us about the coronavirus and the symptoms Family of viruses. There are a lot of viruses that fall under that family. 
some of the most common ones are the ones that cause the common cold. Mm-hmm. SARS from a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, MERS from the more recently. Mm-hmm. So now we have this one, which is basically SARS part two. Um, mm-hmm. COVID-19 is the disease you get if you get the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different thing. Some people call it the virus, the disease, the right um, mm-hmm. If you get if you get the coronavirus and you get COVID-19, the symptoms that pop all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a dry cough, you can have a fever, you can have a, um, coldness in your toes and fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, it also can cause some, some digestive issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a, a lot of symptoms for it, which makes it partly why it's so dangerous, because it's symptoms that are similar to normal everyday illnesses. So a lot of people um, who get those symptoms think they might be coming down with a cold, uh, and then all of a sudden they're really sick. So that's one of the big issues we have with keeping people safe. Uh, like with the flu, once you get the flu, after a day or two, you know you have the flu. The aches and chills, the coughing, the fever, all that stuff. And that gives you a chance to, uh, you know, go home and rest. Mm-hmm. With this one, you might not realize you're sick for two weeks, and you can go about your life long. Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is that that is definitely yeah. As far as yeah, I just hate the fact that something like that can just sneak up on you, and then you just don't you don't know it until, I guess, once the symptoms become, I guess, become um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here. Once the symptoms become a little bit more you know noticeable, and it's just completely. Goodness, that's just insane to even think about, to be honest with you. Especially those who have to walk outside every day, have to work. Um, you know, even those having a mask and gloves. It's just sad. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. I mean, uh, they don't know you have this. Usually you don't know you have this, really. Unless you work in a place where you constantly get tested. Or mm. once you get really sick. Mm. Uh, and, then, and then we'll have people that actually get the virus. Never developed the disease, but they can share the knowledge with other people. That's how we get that community spread. That we've, we've started heard about the news. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely. I tell you, it's just been scary. Period. I mean, I'm seeing. I got some people, like I said, just people dying from this, and people, you know, some people taking it seriously, especially the the ones not taking it seriously are the ones that. Um, that's really sad to me. Um, but let me follow, follow up with this question. Uh, uh, how much uh, will masks and gloves work for this pandemic? So, my best weapon against this thing is to stay away from other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Uh, <laughs> right. Masks and gloves are useful. Yeah. It's a quality mask, and if you know what you're doing, it's a glove. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot, a lot of people are wearing gloves. What they went into is cross-contamination. They touch everything with those gloves. And if anything had the actual virus on it, mm-hmm. everything you touched after that now has the virus on it. Mm. So, uh, they're useful, but I'm best record is to stay away from other people and to constantly wash your hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, yeah, it definitely is tough. It is definitely scary now to just walk outside. The minute you walk outside, and and have to not pretty much have to interact with people. It's it's just pretty much it's just, like I said it's just scary to me. 
that this is the world that we're living in now, um, unfortunately, because of this virus. Um, and let me. Uh, and so what has your workflow been like ever since this pandemic has uh, occurred? hours a day do you work a lot more than nine hours eight hours eight hour day That is definitely, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm glad, thank you all, for, before I continue, definitely thank you and everybody that is definitely handling, you know, pretty much out there during this virus, especially trying to uh, figure out what to do with this virus and pretty much and taking care of others. And I definitely appreciate people like you and everybody for that. Um, I'm sorry about that. I've just had, <laughs> I just, I just had to take deep breath for a second there. But, uh. I definitely want to touch on, uh, obviously this virus affects everybody, but I definitely want to talk about how this virus has affected the, uh, the black community. This virus in particular, in our community, um, what it's done really is more so than make people sick, it's exposed how different, um, healthcare, how different access to healthcare, and, and how different our community is treated as far as healthcare goes. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the things that make this virus worse are things that our community um, historically has had to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely magnified how the black community isn't treated equitably in the healthcare system, mm-hmm. um, more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm just hoping everybody will get on board. I know I've seen the numbers, and it's just, it's completely frightening for me, personally. And that's why I'm just so animate about calling the pe- people that I know every day to make sure that they are inside, make sure they are, are okay. So I'm glad, thank you, thank you for answering that question, for sure. I want to make sure I answer that the right way, um, <laughs> as far as the Black Committee. But, uh, you know, and, um, and how do you feel now? We do have a... Uh, the communities, I mean, not communities, I'm sorry, non-essential businesses, um, you know, that's getting ready to start up. Uh, I know states are definitely allowing some businesses to reopen. Um, do you feel like this is a good idea right now for non-essential businesses um, to open up as soon as this week? So, it depends. Like, there's so many factors that I go into that. One of the big things that you have to do is... Uh, Weigh the risk of opening the business versus the risk of keeping it closed. Mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of small businesses that are 
running on loads of your margins, light cones and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but if you're in a place that has cases that are increasing, mm-hmm. uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It, right. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's some cases that where the, case, where the cases are going down, um, if the cases are going down and they have been consistently, then, then I feel like you should slowly start to open back up and try to get back to normal. Right. But if it's plateauing or increasing, that's, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the only thing that fears me that we're gonna have just more traffic, we're gonna have more people going into these businesses, and I, and you know, and, and the minute somebody is uh, uh, gets affected, um, you know, they feel I feel like we're gonna be back to square one. Square one. Do you agree with that? I think that's a big risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a big risk. It's up here in Maryland. My the mayor of one of our major beaches at Notion City is considering opening the beach and allowing people to come out there. Mm. Um, he's he's not requiring masks, um, and the only thing he's going to do is have the police there to make sure people are social distancing. Mm. Um, it's not, they're not going to be able to check everybody. Uh, so you're asking everyone to, to put themselves at risk. Right. Uh, and you're not going to do the things necessary to protect us also, like some contact chasing and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so um, with all the pose, um, we got to do better for the small business owners to protect them, but I'm opposed to opening anything right now, especially not to that scale. Right. Yeah, it just, it just worries me, for sure. Um, and I also want to uh, ask you as far as, uh, you know, sporting events. Uh, you know, obviously these sporting these athletes are, are starting back up. I know Korea. You know, obviously in Korea yesterday, or well, yeah, pre- technically yesterday. I don't know what time. I don't know what time difference there is definitely different. But you know, they've started their baseball games out there with no fans. Um, and here in the United States, obviously, you know, mixed martial arts UFC two forty nine is going to begin on Saturday um, in Jacksonville without fans. Uh, do you think athletes, you know, especially in contact sports, do you think they need to Compete? Do you think it's the right thing for them? The right thing for them to compete right now, or any, or anywhere in the next few months? So, with the major sports, with major sports, and being a white, and people with a lot of influence and really financing, there may be a way to allow these sports to go on, mm-hmm. but it requires a lot. You have to uh, isolate your athlete. Mm-hmm. You have to isolate their families, mm-hmm. um, uh, and you have to test everyone um, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And then, and only then, <laughs> uh, you'd be able to run an event mm-hmm. to be monitored before and after the event, before they're allowed to do anything else. Right. So if you can. So if you can get a fighter to, to tell you um, for the next basically eight weeks, so a couple of weeks before, a couple of weeks after, this is where you live and this is where you go and you can't do anything else, then sure. If not, you run the risk of testing them on Monday, having them go home and do everything they do, getting sick on Wednesday or infected on Wednesday, and now they've infected another fighter who can do it to the chair family. Mm. So. It's, it's possible, but it's, it's going to take more than just 
I mean, that's, yeah, I'm just completely, yeah, that's what, I'm just completely, um, that's the only thing that worries me about these sporting events, because the, the moment somebody gets uh, gets affected, like I said, it's going to be, like I said before, back to square one, all over again. So that definitely does worry me a lot for our sporting events and everything, and, you know, but hopefully it will work, especially down the road, because I definitely want to see some NFL <laughs> for very soon. But I don't want to do it in the, you know, in the case, you know, I don't want to do it with there's athletes have the risk of, of, you know, losing their lives. I don't want that to happen. Um, you know, <laughs> say that one more time. <laughs> say that one more time. I'm sorry, John. The pan. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I mean, you know, Isaiah Simmons was right there, too. He was right there. <laughs> I thought. Who did you think? He, who do you think they should have drafted in the first round, at least? So just just because we're keeping that name, I, I know we don't do it. But how do we pass up on uh, starting linebackers um, when we have Patrick Queen on the board? And they were trying to see there around two still. So you know the, the things that everybody had on the wish list, we passed on. But I don't, I don't mind the picks, you know. Right. Right. I mean, for me personally, because I didn't. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, people, I mean, I, I, they got the need. I will say they got the need. They they definitely needed a defense tackle. But yeah, but you got somebody right there in front of you. Like I thought, Isaiah, I mean, Isaiah Simmons for me, he could he could have played anywhere, anywhere on the field on the defense side of the ball. Because obviously they need obviously in their draft they picked up pretty much everybody. On defense side of the ball, <laughs> but it's like I just thought Simmons would have been a great key to that. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. I just I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> I feel bad with you. Yep. <laughs> oh man, one more question for you, John. Um, what's the first thing you plan to do once this pandemic is over? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't thought about it yet, but it's definitely going to be, it's going to involve some fun for sure. Um, ain't no way. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I have one more question. Are you still doing the bodybuilding at all? But yeah, I know I see you've been lifting weights all the time. Are you still in it? Well, actually not right now, but do you plan to continue to do all that once, once this is over as well? Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people, been able to travel a lot. Um, I can't wait to get back to doing that regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely, man. Uh, but John, I definitely appreciate this, man. Um, and thank you. Like I'll just say, is thank you and everybody that's uh, helping out with this pandemic. Um, and I definitely, like I said, hopefully this will end at some point. We don't know when. I personally don't know when, but at some point this will end. But thank you and everybody, man. Salute to y'all, man. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Thank you, John. Appreciate it, man. Because of your life. Yep.
All right, guys, I'd definitely like to thank John for that uh, great interview about this coronavirus. And, guys, definitely stay at home as much as you can. I know some states are definitely going to reopen on Saturday. Excuse me, reopen this week, either Friday, Thursday, whenever. Just please, please stay home. All right, let me talk about some of the things that are on my mind. First of all, like I mentioned, UFC 249 will be going on here in the United States in Jacksonville on Saturday without fans, of course. It is Tony Ferguson against Justin Gaethje for the interim lightweight championship and Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz for the bantamweight championship. And pretty much all I got to say, first of all, both going to be great fights for one. But like I said, I, like I've said to John, I am definitely am nervous about athletes competing right now in this pandemic, especially here in the U.S. Um, I'm never going to be interested to see what the coverage, will, what the telev televised fight will look like. I'm never going to see how uh, commentators will interact with one another. I'm going to definitely see um, pretty much fighters giving it their all. Um, the only thing I don't like, uh, first of all, is the fact that we're charging people $60 for the main card. There are 30 million people as or more right now out of work. And right now what we want to do is charge people $60. And, you know, people need that money right now. And I definitely feel like this event could have been... This whole event could have been on ESPN just to give people something. I mean, the prelims will be on ESPN, but the main fights, you just give people something to at least enjoy and get their mind off this stuff for a while. I mean, this it, I mean, it's bad enough that we're dealing with this pandemic day by day. But like but like I said, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good event this weekend, but I just don't like the fact that it'll be $60. Um far as some other stuff, um Andy Dalton uh with the Cowboys now one year, $7 million deal, including $3 million guaranteed. All I got to say is pretty much I don't think Dak Prescott should be really worried. I think he should definitely be aware that Andy Dalton will be the backup quarterback. But, yes, Dak Prescott definitely needs to be ready and be focused for the 2020 season, if we will have a 2020 season. Um, that being said, I mean, he was good. Dak Prescott is making over $31 million for this uh for his tag but i do have a, like i said i don't think he has anything to really worry about unless he gets hurt but right now dick prescott's gonna have to really if he does get a long-term deal he definitely has got to have a lot has a lot to prove to jerry and dallas this year i think he's proved it uh enough already but last season unfortunately with the uh collapse of dallas which i can't believe they still didn't win the nfc east but he definitely will have to have, if he does, like I say, he does get the long-term tag, he definitely will have a lot to prove this upcoming season. Um, as for the NFL schedule, uh, being released on Thursday night at 8 p.m., I mean, it is what it is. I know some people are probably against it, but like the NFL, I mean, no surprise. I mean, life goes on right now for them until they have to make adjustments. I do. I definitely will see, I definitely see a 17-week schedule pretty um with bye weeks, pretty much like any other NFL schedule. But the only exception is this with this one as of now. All international games this year um, is definitely canceled. Those games will be played in the U.S., which is definitely the right decision. Um, definitely not safe enough to, to travel to the U.K. right now. I didn't want to take no chances. Don't want to take any chances in Mexico either. So good for them on that part. Uh, good for the NFL to at least cancel those games. But uh, like I said, uh, just right now, we'll see. I mean, good for them to have a three-hour show on NFL Network and just 
give fans something at least to look forward to if the season will happen. Like I said, we don't know how long this pandemic is going to happen, but it's just good to have at least these teams ready. I know these teams are definitely ready to play, but we definitely shall see. A um, couple other things. Uh, definitely, has started the last, the last dance, obviously, episodes uh, five and six. Uh, man, we only got two more weeks to enjoy the last dance. That, oh, my goodness. But other than that, uh, obviously, the first uh, six bits of episode five, definitely showing Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan in the 1998 NBA All-Star Game. That definitely was great audio for from both guys. Um, goodness, I hate seeing uh, – it, it just sucks. I still can't believe Kobe Bryant is gone. It just it day by day I cannot believe that Kobe Bryant is no longer here. It just, it truly is weird to say that day by day. Um, I definitely enjoyed though the audio. I definitely enjoyed the interview with Kobe Bryant. He does like he said he gets ag- <clears throat> aggravated with questions being asked about who will win one on one. He said what he he doesn't he did not win those championships without Michael Jordan. The advice that Jordan gave him. What he sees, what you see, Kobe, you see in jo- what you see in Kobe, you see in Jordan. It's pretty much what he's saying. It was great stuff. I definitely enjoyed that. I thought uh, it was definitely well done. I thought it was gonna be a little bit more than six minutes, but you know what? It was fine with me. Um, definitely good for uh, for the guy for guys to show everything about Kobe. Um, uh, and that one little segment of audio was great. <laughs> Michael Jordan calling the little Laker boy was very funny. <laughs> definitely funny. You know how Jordan is, but um. Jordan definitely respected him for you know for sure. Like I said, it was like his little brother. He and like he said in the in the sermon. Yeah, I got a sermon. Goodness gracious, in his uh, speech um, at goodness Kobe's memorial. Can't believe I even said. I still can't believe this day. I'm still saying Kobe Bryant's memorial. But okay, other than that, other things that stood out to be definitely uh, Tony Kukoc uh, situation. You know the dream team, Scottie Pitt, Michael Jordan definitely was not happy um, <laughs> with Jerry Krause drafting. Tony Kukoc, the second pick in the second round. Um, as you can see, it definitely took offense to that. Beat him by at least more than 30 points, obviously. Uh, beat Croatia by USA beating Croatia by 30 points in the 1992 Dream Team. Um, obviously, the stories of Michael Jordan <laughs> and, the, and, the squad, and the squad having a bit of a, uh, I guess, a scrimmage, if you will, <laughs> if you like to call that a scrimmage. And Jordan, obviously, uh, proving the competitive, competitiveness that he is, the competitive that he is. Um, definitely some other things I like to talk about. Obviously, um, Jordan not signing with, <laughs> would not have been with Nike without if it was for his mother. Uh, talking him through it, talking to him and him to go to that meeting, um, with Nike. <laughs> and uh, Jordan was getting ready to go to Adidas, but then it's uh, thank you to his mother Dolores, and the rest was history. I mean, now we're all definitely trying to figure out what the next Jordans we will buy. <laughs> um. Other than, other than that, obviously, um, the um, Michael Jordan pretty much. Uh, I'm glad Michael Jordan did state, uh, did discuss uh, the election back then with uh, Jesse Helms, um, who had won uh, a re-election over there in North Carolina, um, and you know, obviously, the man definitely was was racist for sure, but uh, Michael Jordan definitely wasn't going to help uh, the opponent of that uh, of that race in North Carolina and uh, to be honest with you as far as Michael Jordan's concerned I have I personally don't have an issue with it um I mean I, it probably would have been nice for him to maybe speak up about in North Carolina but I know Jordan was thinking about being a basketball player 
um, other than being an activist, and that's okay. I don't expect every black athlete to be an activist, but I would like for them to be aware of what's going on and definitely and, de and stand up to those in the situation. Uh, stand up in that, yeah, Harvey Gantt, excuse me, Harvey Gantt was the, was that, there was the candidate that Jordan didn't want to give money to and didn't want to speak up for because he didn't know the man, which I understand. Um, I do understand that situation uh, where Jordan was coming from there, and I definitely understand what Barack Obama came from, saying that he should have, Jordan should have at least spoke up for him at that time. So I have, I like it, I, I understand it on both sides. I mean, like I said, I personally don't have a problem with it, but if I was, uh, you know, into that race at that time, and I know Michael Jordan, probably, I probably would have, at that age, I probably would have been a little bit, dis a bit disappointed um, with him not doing, not uh, endorsing Harvey Gantt. Uh, but it was definitely a, uh, definitely eye-opening. I'm definitely, I'm glad that Jordan at least uh, spoke up about it. Um, and what else did he say? Pretty much saying that, you know, whole, the whole Republicans buy sneakers too thing, but you know, who knows? Yeah, you know, like I said, I, at at that time, that nineteen ninety Senate race, um, I just thought Jordan. Like I said, Jordan. Like I said, I didn't have a problem with him, not wanting to uh, speak up at the time, but because he didn't see himself as an activist. But I definitely, uh, you know, it would have been also nice if he spoke up at least to defend him, or at least some kind. He didn't have to donate anything; he just could at least spoke up for him. So, yeah, I definitely see that in a situation on both sides. Um, obviously, Jordan uh, <laughs> wasn't having 1992 with, um, obviously, the competitor, you know, at putting him in Clyde Drexler. He said he was not having that. Obviously, Jordan is better than Clyde Drexler, and let's be real. But Clyde Drexler definitely had a good NBA career as well, okay? Won a couple of championships with you, you know, won a championship with the Rockets. So, that definitely is a huge, um, definitely is a great situation there. Um um, for Michael Jordan, um, obviously 1993, he was definitely upset at Charles Barkley, did, um, won MVP despite Jordan obviously leading the league in scoring in 1993, and from there on, obviously, you know, the rest is history, obviously, Jordan and the, the Bulls did three-peat, obviously, beat the Blazers in six games, beat the Suns in six games, and obviously, in the next episode, we're definitely going to see Jordan, we're definitely going to see the moment when Jordan decided to retire for the first time. Uh, Nine-year-old Ron Carthen Devil was not happy back then. That was, God, that was fourth grade. Well, yeah, I think that was definitely around that time. And I definitely was not happy. Um, definitely was not happy with that <laughs> at that age. I will talk more, definitely a lot more about that when we get to the next episode. And I'm definitely been about that a lot more. But okay. I definitely want to thank you all for listening to Ronix right now. Goodness, man. We just need to talk about, I just wish sports would be back. I wish we could talk a lot more about sports right now. I will be talking to you guys about the playoffs, but unfortunately, that's just not, that's not the case right now. But I definitely want to say thank you all for listening to Ronix Ron Rundown. Thank you all for listening again, and thank you, John, for being my guest about this coronavirus pandemic. It's great. People stay home. Please be safe. Can we feel? Let's do it next time.